drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family, and welcome into our final episode of the week here at Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at canalstreetchronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. On today's Facebook Friday, of course, We're going to get to your questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints. We'll talk about the quarterback race for 2021, including another quarterback option that could enter the chat, what opt-outs mean for contracts, who gets the first score in the 2020 season, and some new signings around the NFC South for a couple of rival teams. But first, we got to talk about two new signings for New Orleans. As the Saints add a pair of veterans and linebacker Nigel Bradham and wide receiver Benny Fowler, we'll talk about their fits, predict their contracts, and take a look at what the Bradham signing in particular means for New Orleans. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The New Orleans Saints head to free agency to pick up two players to help fill the vacated spots left by two players that had to opt out of the 2020 season. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So while it might not be the name that everyone was hoping for just yet out of free agency, a lot of Saints fans waiting to hear whether or not the Saints will be able to figure out a way to sign a guy like Jadavion Clowney, the Saints still get two very effective players here at this point in free agency with Nigel Braddon, the veteran linebacker formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as the former New York Giant and Denver Bronco wide receiver Benny Fowler. Both of these players signing a one-year deal with the team, however, terms and conditions not yet released, although we will predict those in this segment. We'll start off with Nigel Bradham's fit for the Saints. He rejoins his fellow Super Bowl, former Super Bowl champion, Eagle in Malcolm Jenkins. Reliable coverage linebacker, great run stopper and tackler as well with 149 defensive stops over the last four years, according to Pro Football Focus. Athletic, quick. Yes, he's 30 years old. He's an eight-year veteran. He might have lost a step, sure, but still very effective. He did miss week six through 12 last year with an ankle injury, but looked pretty good after his return. As for wide receiver Benny Fowler, five-year vet wide receiver again with the Broncos as well as the Giants. More recently, a 4-3-8 speedster and deep threat, but he's got some pretty decent hands with a 63.9 catch rate last year, which was the best of his career. Average over 12 yards per reception, four years in a row, but only 8.4 last year with the Giants. Might see him as a bit of a camp body, but still somebody that has some potential to end up on the practice squad, particularly with the extended spots there, as well as some more flexibility on terms of accrued seasons. An important position to continue to load up on for the Saints. And this could, in terms of what this means for the Saints, potentially signal a position change for wide receiver Jawan Johnson, who's somebody that we've talked about as has the potential to convert to a tight end. The Saints lose two tight ends in their opt-out, but don't sign one. However, they do bring in a wide receiver to still roll out the numbers, fill out the numbers. If Juwan Johnson were to make the decision to transition over to tight end at 6'4", 230 pounds, he'd certainly be a good option if he chose to make that switch. Now, let's talk about these contracts. I'm sort of expecting these contracts to be vet minimum deals. Both of these guys going into or already beyond their seventh year in the NFL. So the $1.05 million veteran salary minimum makes sense. This is the same contract that Patrick Omame signed 
uh, to be to to sort of give a comparison there. You'll probably see them both get max signing bonuses if they were to go with these contracts, one hundred and thirty-seven point five thousand dollars. And then there's the vet minimum, which is going to knock down the actual cap hit. So the cap hit would rest somewhere around eight hundred and eighty-seven point five thousand dollars against the cap, while also pushing out a couple of players that are being paid over eight hundred thousand dollars from the top fifty-one. So another example of the Saints utilizing the salary cap and these veteran minimum benefits to essentially pay for the, their own contracts by pushing players out of the top 51. These signings would put the Saints, and do put the Saints rather, at 90 men on their roster, no new opt-outs, and no one going to the COVID reserve list. That's great news for the organization. Clearly, the Saints are really taking their time with the idea of going down to the 80-man roster, as opposed to just cutting eight players like they could have done here. They fill right back up to 90 to get a look before the August 16th deadline to cut down to 80. Now, let's talk with a little bit more detail about what the Nigel Bradham signing means for the Saints. He's going to shore up the Saints' weakest and most often injured position at that linebacker spot. Coach Payton has already said that Kiko Alonso may be limited in his return from his third career ACL tear as soon as we get rolling with camp here. And when you look at the Saints' depth at linebacker after the starters, four out of the five depth options for the Saints are young and inexperienced. Plus, there's Anthony Ciccolo, who's a little bit more of an edge rusher anyway. Bradham is going to give you versatility, veteran presence, and experience at all three of those linebacker positions. He has some experience at will, but we know that Demario Davis definitely has that lockdown. But he could play at the Sam linebacker position in place of Kiko Alonso. Therefore, keeping Zach Bond off the field for a little bit, keeping him from being rushed into action after having no OTAs, after having no mini camps and things like that to get prepared during this truncated offseason. He also has some Mike experience as well, played there with the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, with former teammate and now again present teammate Malcolm Jenkins. So there's already rapport, communication, and shorthand there available to those two players. Of the linebackers in 2019 that played at least 400 coverage snaps, Bradham allowed the second fewest receiving yards at 307, fifth lowest NFL passer rating were targeted, third fewest yards per snap, which was actually tied with DeMario Davis at 0.75, and he was targeted the least per snap in coverage. He also gave up the fewest receptions at the position and no touchdowns. So you get all of that in terms of his coverage and he can tackle. So with Bradham, the Saints are getting a possible starting linebacker option or at worst, a very effective piece of depth across a very often injured second level. So all told, a pair of very smart signings for the Saints and at least one impact signing here with Nigel Bradham, of course. But look, the Saints, they're going to continue to make the additions that they need to make their team better. That's what they've always been about. And we're about the same thing here on Locked on Saints. And that's why we do Facebook Fridays, because you all make the show better. So we'll get to your questions here next from the Locked on Saints Facebook group. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. It is tough right now, y'all. It is hot outside. It is absolutely hot outside. This heat does not play. And it doesn't play with your car either. Battery issues, uh, fluid issues, coolant issues oil issues, so many issues that can arise, and now a quick and easy way to deal with it all, and it's rockauto.com. Don't worry about masking up and having to go to your, you know, the 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 chain store that's going to charge you twice, three times as much for all the pieces and parts that you might need, whether it's small routine pieces of maintenance like changing a battery, whether it's improvements or upgrades you want to make to your car, maybe you're rebuilding a classic don't worry about those brick and mortar stores that are going to charge you out the wazoo. Head over to rockauto.com. They have an incredibly extensive catalog. Once you hit the landing page, 
you see it. They have every single make, every single model, several options for every part that you could ever desire. They've got everything from the big parts, big body parts, all the way down to things like oil, brake pads, batteries, routine maintenance stuff. So go ahead and check them out over at rockauto.com. Don't forget they're a family business. Go and show the family business some love. They've been helping customers online for 20 years. So go and check them out. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, jumping into our Facebook Friday segments here for segments two and three to close out the show. Remember, if you ever want to participate in this, you could just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash locked on saints. We do this every Friday, try to get to your questions, try to get them answered here on the show. So if you're new to the show, first of all, I ask that you subscribe and then make sure that you come and check us out every single Monday through Friday. I appreciate you joining us. But also go ahead and join that Facebook group so you can interact with listeners and myself even outside of just the podcast here. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the the good homie, the good friend, Brian Abel, loyal listener. Thank you very much for always coming through with questions, man. Uh, he says, if the Packers release Aaron Rodgers, is he a top target for the Saints? So let's be, let's, let's be very clear. If the Packers released Aaron Rodgers at any point over the next two or three years, he is everybody's target. It's not just the Saints. He's going to be a target by everybody. But the answer, short, short answer is yes. It makes more sense for the Packers. Look, they drafted uh, Jordan Love in, in the draft this year in the first round, traded up to grab him when there were a lot of wide receivers on the board. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just recently on a podcast where he was talking about that. He was able to name like legit, like name a bunch of receivers that were on the board at the time that the Packers selected Jordan Love. And he was like, now I went and poured myself, you know, some tequila and I drank it down. And a lot of that had to do with like the questions that he was about to get and everything and like interactions with people more than it was about the fact that the, the Packers specifically didn't draft a wide receiver, but it's all connected, right? So it makes a little bit more sense for Aaron Rodgers to be cut loose by the Packers after the 2021 season. Because if they were to cut him loose after this season, that dead cap is at $31.5 million. After the 2021 season, that drops, and they already have a built-in out in the contract at that point for $17.2 million. But I think at that point, you're looking at him as like a little bit more valuable than the way that teams may have valued Tom Brady this offseason, if it makes sense. This guy that's kind of in the last leg of his career can still bring a championship to a team, that type of a persona. That's basically what you would see for Aaron Rodgers, and he'd have a big market, and I think the Saints would absolutely be included with that, depending upon where they are in their quarterback conversation after next season, after the 2021 season, whether it be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, or whether they're moving, ready to move on and then go for a, as I mentioned earlier, another uh, quarterback that has entered the chat. Uh, let's jump to Brandon Simmons. Also, I, you know, I said loyal listener, and people always that y'all are always showing out, so I appreciate everybody here. But Brandon Simmons came through with three quick questions that I think can answer all these pretty quickly. Uh, so we'll go. It's kind of like serious question, fun question, serious question. Do the players who opt out of their contracts this year lose a year on their deal or does it pick up where they left off? It picks up where they left off. It's a process called tolling, T-O-L-L-I-N-G. Uh, and so your contract tolls. So if you have a five-year, $50 million you know, point left on your on your contract right now and then you were to toll or you were to opt out of the 2021 season, you would pick back up next year on a five-year, $50 million contract. And it just keep moving forward. Basically, just extends that contract. You don't play, no accrued season, blah, blah, blah. So that's basically the way that it worked out. The other thing to know, though, is that if you opt out, you can still be traded. You can still be released, all of that. So the only thing that can't happen is you can't play. That, that's the only thing you get 
uh, for opting out. Uh, Brandon's next question, again, a fun one here. Who wins the race, Gumbo or Nutmeg? Nutmeg, for those of y'all that don't know, is my dog's name. And I'm going to vote on my dog because my dog is fast, fast, fast. She quick. She quick. The only thing is that if there's an actual pot of gumbo present, she is going to get distracted. Uh, she knows good food when she sees it. So she ain't winning if there's actual gumbo present for her race with gumbo. And then Brandon's final question here. Who is it that gets the first touchdown of the season for the Saints? So here's OK. So I'm going to give you two different answers. I'm going to give you two different answers because the obvious, the obvious, I don't want to say obvious, the 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 more logical answer to me is Alvin Kamara because of all the different ways that he has the ability to score in the passing game as well as in the run game. So Alvin Kamara is a pretty logical choice for me. Jared Cook, based on his touchdown percentage last year, if he picks up where he left off last year, he would be a good option. So I look at either one of those. I'll go with Alvin Kamara just because he has a little bit more of an expansive role and a way and, and multiple ways that he can score. But on the other hand, I also want to say Taysom Hill, which is a little bit more of the goofy response. But talk about a guy that has several different ways to score a touchdown. Hell, you might get him on a kick return for a touchdown if somebody kicks the ball a little bit too short for Deontay Harris, right? Like there's so many options here. He could block a punt, recover it. There's so many different options in terms of the ways that he gets the score. So I also wouldn't mind saying Taysom Hill to answer that question as well. But I'd love to hear from y'all on this. So feel free to hit me up either at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter or through the Facebook app, through the Facebook app, through the Facebook group. Uh, locked on Saints, Facebook.com slash group slash locked on Saints. Who do you think will score the first touchdown for the Saints in the 2020 season? All right. Next question comes from Troy Abair, who asks about the Falcons who signed Darquez Denard, the cornerback. So are there any other good cornerbacks available that I would like the Saints to sign? So there's still a couple. There's Drake Kirkpatrick, who's still out there, is a little bit more of a boundary guy. We know that there's a big time, you know, penalty issue with him, but we're talking about a guy to come in for depth, not to come in as a starter. Uh, there's also Logan Ryan, who's still very much you know on the market and available out there. Those are probably the two biggest names that stand out. There's some other guys. There's Tremaine Johnson. There's a couple of other guys that are still out there, but nobody that I would really trust any more than the guys that are already on the roster. So those are the two big names that I would say, Drake Kirkpatrick as well as uh, Logan Ryan being the two names. And then I also want to mention that the Bucks picked up LaShawn McCoy today. LaShawn McCoy, I don't think moves the needle, but I just think he's a fantastic, fantastic uh, mentor for guys like Keyshawn Vaughn, for a guy like Ronald Jones, Dari uh, Ogunbowale, like those guys having LaShawn McCoy to, to learn from, that's a fantastic pickup for the Bucks. So it's a nice fit in terms of mentorship. I just don't think that it moves the needle at all. But I just want to mention that while we're talking about NFC rivals picking, NFC South rivals picking up players. Darquez Denard, though, good fit for the Falcons, they get a slot corner there. So that's a, a good thing for, for them. And then we'll wrap up this segment with Michael Murray. If Drew Brees plays the entire season and then retires, how will we know if Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is the best choice to take over without seeing them play games at quarterback? Here's the deal. We won't know because we won't see them play games at quarterback, but the coaching staff will know. And that's going to be the big difference. The coaching staff will see them in training camp, will see them in scrimmages, will see them and put them in situations to where they learn and get the information that they need to get. Whatever it is that they need, they'll find it. They'll figure out a way to create the environment that gives them the information that they need to make the best educated decision. The big thing for Saints fans to realize is that at least they're not in a position like most teams are. Like you look at the Bears, you look at the Chargers, for instance. These are teams that are trying to figure out their starting quarterback right now amongst this truncated, weird, wild, wacky offseason. The Saints have Drew Brees. They know who their starting quarterback is. They get all this season to look at these guys in practice, and then they can kind of go into 
what the process that most teams go into without all of this lead time, OTAs, minicamp, you know, offseason activities, and then get into preseason and then maybe potentially make a decision after that. So there's still some good, good time for the Saints here and more time than what you usually see. But just because we don't see it doesn't mean that the Saints coaches don't see it. They'll certainly make more educated decisions based upon what they're able to see and identify in camp as opposed to what we won't see with them not being able to play any of these games. And in fact, I still think that it benefits the Saints that you, that no one will see Jameis Winston in particular play in any games because that means that there's not a market for him in free agency that ends up dictating how much the Saints would have to pay if they want to keep him around. All right, y'all, i got a couple more questions for you coming up next. Uh, if the Saints are going to sign anybody else, talk a little bit of baseball for a second, have a little bit of fun, play a little bit of a hypothetical game about adding some players. we got all that coming up for you here on Locked on Saints coming up next. But real quick, I want to also let you know the Pelicans played their first meaningful game. It didn't go well, but if you want to break it down, you want to hear all about it. Jake Madison's got you covered over at Locked on Pelicans. You can grab it anywhere you get your podcast. All right, final questions here for the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Uh, Stephen McCary asked, will the Saints sign anyone else? Jadavian Clowney, question mark. Um, look, I think the Saints are going to do everything that they can to continue to sign players and continue to remain competitive. They continue to find the players that they feel like are going to make their team better, particularly veterans that already have NFL experience. They can plug in in places where they need help, much like you saw with Nigel Bradham on Thursday. I think it's very much what you're going to see. I don't have any doubt in my mind that there is interest from the Saints in Jadavion Clowney. They need to figure out how they're going to be able to afford him, how they make space on the roster for him. They have those moves available. There are still players that can be restructured, players that can be extended uh, to open up some more money, players that can be cut to open up money as well. So they can create it. If they want a guy like Jadavion Clowney, and if they can, you know, if Jadavion Clowney's price tag comes down to whatever is most manageable for the Saints, then they can definitely figure out a way to get it done. If they don't, it's okay. That's the thing is like any other signings that they put forward, it's all about trying to move the needle the tiniest bit in terms of making sure that they just remain competitive and remain, you know, sort of bulletproof, you know, in terms of injury and things like that. But for the most part, it's Lanyap. It really is Lanyap. So if they land Clowney, that'd be great. If they don't, also fine. You know what I mean? Same thing with Logan Ryan, same thing with Everson Griffin. There's some other edge rushers out there. Vinnie Curry, Clay Matthews even might would be an interesting one, particularly for a mentorship type of a role as well for a guy like Zach Bond in particular. So lots of opportunities out there for them to still sign players. And and there's also all the players that we've never heard of. You know, there are still the Benny Fowlers of the world that the Saints feel like, hey, that person brings something to us. So yes, continue to keep an eye out. I'm sure that they'll be continuing to to, to sign, to deal, to, to do everything to make sure that they are uh, as competitive as they can be, as competitive as they absolutely can be by the time that this season rolls around and gets started. All right, so this is a fun question here, a hypothetical question coming coming from uh, Alex Shiflett here who asks, who is somebody that you would add on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball that you would like to see the coaches get a hold of from another team? Does it have to be a superstar or a position of need, just somebody that you think that coaches would like to, uh, would get more out of and that would excel, kind of like Taysom Hill. Taysom's a perfect example. So now the two, the two options or the two examples that, Alex gave here are Noah Fant, Noah Fant and uh, Irv Smith, sort of vertical tight end types, as well as uh, maybe a Hassan Reddick or a Devin Bush, those athletic linebackers. And I'm not too far away from you at all, Alex. I, the way that I look at it, my number one offensive piece that I always talk about adding to the Saints in terms of looking for like a slot receiver that could also operate on the outside, but that can be very effective in the slot. This guy had 41 catches, 770 yards and five touchdowns from the slot last year. Golden Tate. 
you put Golden Tate in this offense and you put Golden Tate in an offense or a Sean Payton system with Drew Brees under center, he's going to eat. They're going to eat. I would love to see Golden Tate on this team. I would easily, if, if I was a GM, you know, if Mickey was like, hey, Ross, you take the reins for a day and you can do literally anything you want. There's no salary cap. There's no rules. That'd be like, fantastic. I'm calling Golden Tate. And I'm telling him he's on contract with the New Orleans Saints now. Same thing I would do. I'd put a call up to Buffalo over on the defensive side. And I would say, hey, that young buck that you got, uh, Traymon Edmonds, send him over here too. The guy is six foot five, 250 pounds with four or five speed. He's still, you know, acclimating. He's still getting used to the game. He's still learning the game in a way as well. Don't get me wrong. He's got a lot of growth to do, but I would love to see him make that growth in New Orleans because man, is he an incredible talent. He is more than a prototype. He is the ideal six foot five, 250 with four or five speed. Hell, give me that all day. So those are the two. It kind of goes along the same same recommendation as like the Devin Bush, Hassan Reddick, um, athletic, fast, you know, a linebackers that do a little bit of everything. Tremaine John, Tremaine Edmonds, excuse me, is just another example of that. So that would be my two. Golden Tate, Tremaine Edmonds, send them over. Next question comes from Fernando Albino. I'm going to talk baseball. I'm pretty sure for the very first time ever on this podcast, y'all. I am just now learning baseball, just now getting into baseball. Uh, but Fernando Albino asked, Yankees versus Dodgers World Series. And I'll tell you what, that would be my second choice for the World Series this year. My first choice is going to be Dodgers versus Astros. That's all that I want. And I want, let me just see petty Joe Kelly in the World Series pitching against the Astros again. Joe Kelly quickly became, I almost bought his jersey. This dude was hysterical. And I'm a Dodgers fan. Uh, you know, it's the first baseball team I've I've seen, honestly. <laughs> I've been so out of the loop when it comes to baseball. I know a lot of people like me from Louisiana, from New Orleans are Astros fans. I'm not an Astros fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. I connect with teams who have been cheated, right? We, we, we've experienced that here with the Saints. The Dodgers certainly have experienced that. So I have a little bit of a connection with them in that way. So uh, I root for the Dodgers, but I would love to see Dodgers and Astros. Give me Petty Joe Kelly in the, uh, in, in the World Series all day. But other than that, then I would love to see... Um, uh, uh, Dodgers and Yankees going at it because they've been fantastic so far since the restart. All right, let's go with Scott Wishart. Cast the following TV shows. This is a lot of fun. Uh, with Saints players, we need a late night talk show, a Bear Grylls type survival show, a morning weatherman, fly on the wall reality show, and a hard hitting interview show, and The Bachelor. All right, so here's what I got late night talk show, Cam Jordan. Perfect personality for all of that. Perfect personality. Just a guy that would have fun, ask great questions, have a good time, cut it up. Love it. Uh, Bear Grylls Survivor Show, Drew Brees. He's already done it. He's done the man versus wild stuff. He's re- he's uh, wrestled crocodiles, alligators, alligators, I think. He's wrestled alligators. He's he's set for that one. Morning Weatherman. I'm going to go Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is like the quintessential weatherman. He's got the look. He's got the personality. He's like He's the type of guy that would be chipper in the morning. I'm all about Taysom Hill as a morning talk show weatherman. Uh, then we've got reality show, fly on the wall reality show. Just give me the whole DB room, right? Give me the whole DB room. You got, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson keeping everybody up at night because he's like working on his tracks. He's working on producing. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is trying to, you know, manage conflict and, and resolve conflict. Marcus Williams is tackling Marshall Lattimore every chance that he gets. It's fantastic. Let me go ahead and see that. Uh, hard hitting interview, Demario Davis, 100%. He would ask the right questions. He wouldn't shy away from it. And Demario Davis is the type of person that can have complicated and complex conversations without making anybody feel like they're less than him. I love that about him. Go to Mario Davis. And then The Bachelor. Give me Alvin Kamara, right? Or Alex Anzalone. Alex Anzalone, those flowing locks, how, how can you not? Alvin Kamara, then he'll leave the IG models alone 
pretty easy one for me. And then the last question, I'll close out here with Luke Blackman. Uh, do you think getting knocked out of the playoffs the way that the Saints have over the last three years will mean that they will play with more fire or fear when it gets to the business end of the season? It's going to be fire. It's going to be all fire all the time, Luke. That's 100% what it's going to be. Like Sean Payton's not messing around. Um, I think this is going to be a very fun season. They have an extremely talented uh, team on paper. They know that, but they also know that paper doesn't win the game. They got to win the games on the field. So I have no doubt that the last three playoff exits, particularly this last one that has been diagnosable, one that they can look back at and say, here's the improvements we needed to make with the team. Here's what we need to do in terms of play calling, game planning, all that. They're in a good position. They will come out with fire during all of this. All right, y'all, that is our week here at Locked on Saints. It's been a fun one. Uh, I'm going to continue to break down some more about uh, Nigel Bradham, potentially take a little bit of a deeper look into Benny uh, Fowler as well. Come back next week. I'll get that information to you. Keep an eye on uh, Chronicles.com for any write-ups as well. And y'all, above all else, just have a fun, enjoy yourself, and have a safe weekend this weekend. And I'll holla at you on Monday. Come back through Monday through Friday. You know what it is. Five days a week, your New Orleans Saints here at Locked on Saints. Thank you much, everybody. As always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Sudet Nation. I'll holla at you.